Welcome to the Purpose City Church Podcast, where we're dedicated to guiding you on a journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're thrilled to have you here, and regardless of where you're tuning in from, we have faith that this message will be a direct source of inspiration in your life. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, oh my goodness, Father, thank you so much for what you are doing here in this building. I pray for the hearts that are listening this morning, the word that you have put on my heart for us this morning. I pray that you allow it to penetrate us, allow it to stir us, and allow it to help us move forward. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. All right. Goodness, y'all can sit down, or you can stand the whole time. I don't, uh, I don't care. I, um, oh man, I'll introduce myself in a second. I, I have been waiting to say what I'm going to say right now for months and months and months. Welcome to Purpose City. Welcome to Purpose City Church. Well, if I have not had the pleasure of meeting you, my name is James. I serve on the senior leadership team here. And I know when you hear speakers, they say how excited they are and you're like, okay, great. But I can tell you from from deep inside my soul, I am excited to be here this morning. I believe the word that uh, God's given me this morning is exactly, exactly what he wants us to hear today. And I was sitting over here last week at our first service and again this morning, and I've been talking to people about what the experience was like last Sunday. And we've tried our best to talk about the journey from both perspectives as we bring two bodies together. But I can tell you, nothing that I have said up to this point prepared me for what I've experienced so far. So I I can't even do it justice. So I am glad that you guys are here. I really am. But well, we are in this series that Pastor Talent has called We. It is simply a s- series about unity. And we're going to continue that this morning. And the kind of the keystone verse of this entire series is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. And it says this, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. So this morning, the big idea that we're going to wrestle with for 35-ish minutes or so, maybe 40, maybe 45, I don't know. I'm excited that I can go as long as I want and you guys are not going to get upset. Come on. All right. Big idea. There is significant power in unity. That is what we're going to talk about this morning. There is significant power in unity. Now, I was here last Sunday. This place was full. It was, it was energetic. God was here. And I ran out of here, and I had to go to a wedding Sunday afternoon. I didn't have to. I chose to. chose to go to a wedding Sunday afternoon. And I was talking to someone who's familiar with what we were doing, and this individual looked at me and asked, is it going to work? Now, it wasn't my wedding. It wasn't the time or the place to get into the details. 
But I started thinking about that question, and that question's been on my heart this week. Is it going to work? Now, this building has been on this land 25 years or so. And the people that were a part of that journey 25 years ago that put their blood, sweat, and tears and money into building this building believe, duh, at the time, that this building is here for a very specific purpose. And I felt it since I've been in this building for 13 years, and I feel it today that part of this journey is happening right now. It is happening right now. We're bringing things together that culturally don't fit together. That's what we're doing. So if we're going to talk about unity, I figure, I'll explain what I mean by unity. For those that haven't heard me preach before, I'm a little bit formal, maybe, but my goal is to challenge you today, is to help you nudge a little bit, feel a little bit uncomfortable. And if, and if I didn't do that today, come tell me after that Horde, my last name is Horde, by the way, so when I refer myself to the third person, it's I call myself Horde. Just say, you didn't make me feel uncomfortable today. Just tell me. So I started thinking about it as I was, as I was putting this message together, what, what blocks unity? Now it's easy in society. So I Googled what blocks unity in society. And I was blown away at the list that Google came up with. So I'm not going to read the whole list. I'll just give you a couple. Economic disparities, political indifferences, cultural and ethnic differences, religious disputes, lack of education, social injustice, lack of effective communication. That's just society in general. And since we're in church, I decided to Google what blocks unity in churches. I know. <laughs> and the list was really long. It was really long. So here are some of the things. Doctrinal disagreements, leadership conflicts, worship styles and traditions, Moral and ethical issues, financial disputes, personality clashes, membership issues, past hurts and offenses that we bring into this, competition for leadership positions, and this one that just jumped out at me, lack of spiritual growth. Man, and that was like a quarter of the list. I was blown away at the reasons why there is not unity in churches. It was sad. As I was sitting in my home putting this message together, there are a lot of reasons not to be unified. And we are really good at it. Let's just be honest. We're in church. We're really good at the things that break us apart. And as we start this journey, we're in week two. If you're a guest, thank you for being here. This is week two of Purpose City. And we are, we are bringing ethnicities and backgrounds and experiences and ages all together to represent what heaven looks like, to represent what our community looks like. That's what we're doing. And my goal this morning, just a little bit of time, is to be a part of helping us head off the very things that will bust us apart. And there's no better way to do that than to look at the Word of God. So we're going to spend a lot of time in the Word. We're going we're to read it so you guys will listen to the Word. It'll, you'll be able to read behind me. 
I'm going to teach a few things. And the goal is to allow God to continue to do the work in us so he can do what he wants through us. So this message is simply called the power of unity. The power of unity. And we're going to be in Romans chapter 15 this morning, verses 1 through 7. So I'm going to, I'm going to read it, and then we're going to unpack it verse by verse. And I'm a point maker when I preach, by the way. So if you're a note taker, there's going to be seven. <laughs> so if I forget one, just yell, you forgot one. So I'm going to read all seven verses, and then we're going to set the stage. Romans chapter 15, 1 through 7. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. Verse 5. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other. As is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Then all of you can join together with one voice giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Okay, so when you, when you read the scripture, it's important to understand context, to understand what's happening. So I'm gonna give you a background. If you're not familiar with the book of Romans, I'm gonna do it very quickly. The book of Romans was written by the Apostle Paul, and it's broken up into two sections, two main sections, chapters 1 through 11, which if you've been in church for a minute, you know that's called the Romans Road. It's all about how we fall short. The Old Testament law is there to help us understand that we are sinners, that we need salvation, that Jesus came, he lived, he lived a perfect life, he died for us. That's basically 1 through 11. And then chapter 12 on is about practical living. Paul just continues to just lay out so many nuggets. And it's all about the application, about how we're to live, what we should do, what our behaviors should look like as a result of the ongoing transformation into our being more like Jesus. And chapter 12 is about our submitting ourselves to him to allow him to change us. And then he goes into this really awesome section about how we should treat each other as believers and treat people that aren't believers. And then in chapter 13, he talks about submitting to our political leaders. I'm not going to go there today. And then chapter 14, he starts talking about harmony in the church. And he gives some examples in chapter 14 about people that are choosing to worship on a different day or choose to eat a certain food. And Paul's just like, come on, guys, can't we just all get along? And then he picks up where we are this morning. Starting in verse 15, so we're going to march it up. And if I do my job, if I do my job today, the job that God has given me, 
there will be something that stirs in your heart. So let's, let's get going, shall we? All right, chapter 15, verse 1. We who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. So right out of the gate, Paul is saying, he's talking about strong and weak in chapter 14. So he just continues here and he says, we who are strong. Paul is putting himself in this strong category, by the way. And there are a lot of different thoughts about what strong means. And by the way, it's consider of those who are sensitive, that's weak. If you look at the, some of the translations, it's strong and weak. So we're going to look at the definitions of strong and weak just as people who are able to handle things better than other people. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So if you think about what Paul is starting out here, in the original language, it really is, we who are strong must tolerate the weak. We must endure the irritation of the weak. That's what it says. Now, what's interesting is when you think about the differences that Paul was talking about in 14, you know, what it meant to them has to mean to us. We can't take the scripture and make it mean something else. So there was some differences that Paul was addressing, and he's continuing to address them here this morning in our verse. So for us, if you think about the application for us, there's just a little bit of change going on for a lot of us as it relates to church and probably outside church too. So what Paul is saying here in chapter 15 is pretty simple. Those who are further along on the journey, turn around and help those who are not as far along. Simple as that. So when you think about the church, not our church, just the church, it is made up of a lot of different types of people. Old, young, rich, poor, all colors. We all handle things differently. And it's hard to maintain a sense of family. But what Paul is saying here is, I don't know where you consider yourself. If you consider yourself strong, someone who's out in front leading the charge, or someone who might not be. We'll just call it that. Might not be. Either one is perfectly okay. But if you put yourself in the strong category, what Paul is saying here is, all right, our responsibility is to go take someone and help them. And what's interesting is he throws this in there, which is kind of interesting. We must not just please ourselves. My commentary that I studied said this, selfishness is always a barrier to effective Christian work. And it breaks up Christian unity, which is the point of this section of Paul's letter. If you consider yourself strong, you carry a huge burden. And that burden is to help people who aren't as strong as you move forward and do not be focused on yourselves. So that's the first point if you're taking notes is we, the strong, are to encourage and build up those who are struggling and not be selfish. I was going through it this morning, and that's actually two points. <laughs> Strong encourage the weak and not be selfish. But we'll just leave it one because that's how it's in the notes. So Paul is just continuing this awesomeness that he has continues to weave, or that God's weaving through him. And then in verse 2, he says, We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. Paul's still talking about the we. He's still talking about the strong and the weak. 
He's talking about the strong, helping those who aren't farther along. But what's really cool and what he's not saying here is that the strong go back to the weak and wait. He's not saying the weak are going to set the pace. He's saying the strong are going to go help the weak and help them become strong. And in some cases, they, the, strong, the weak, will be kicking and screaming to become strong. It's not about coming back to the field. It's about helping those come up to where God wants us to be. So I have, we used to have a stage before the transition, used to have a stage down there. So I was down there through this whole journey saying, I will have as many conversations with people as they want to help them get from where they are to where God wants them to be through this entire journey. But there was an asterisk by that. I said, only if you're willing to deal with the real answer. If you're only willing to deal with what's really happening, that's the strong helping the weak. So the second point is we are to build up our fellow believers. We are to build up. We are to, are to be encouraging and supportive to strengthen their spiritual walk. So Paul is just laying this really cool thing out. Strong support the weak, build them up. And then in verse three, he gives us a really cool picture. He says, for even Christ didn't live to please himself. Mm-hmm. As the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. The way this is written, this Christ didn't live to please himself, is talking about Christ's entire earthly ministry. It encompasses his entire ministry. And if you've been in church for any amount of time, you know that Christ came to serve, not to be served. That's pretty basic. Christ is the ultimate model of self-sacrifice. Christ died for each one of us. So as we are interacting with each other, the third point is use Christ as the model. Wherever you are today, whatever you're doing, wherever you see yourself on this spectrum, put Christ right beside you because that is the model. We are to become more like Jesus, period. So it's really hard to become more like Jesus if we're not focused on becoming more like Jesus. Simple as that. Verse four, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. <laughs> My southern accent coming out right there. I was... This is not in the notes, but I was, we were watching football last night, and I asked for a pill, medication. I take some medication at night, and I said, peel. <laughs> now, if you don't know me, I'm from the South, and my wife looked at me, and she goes, you didn't do that on purpose, did you? I said, no. <laughs> I've been up here since 1996, and the Southern accent still comes out. Sorry. Anyway, Sorry. Such things are written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises. Now, if you've been in church for a minute, you know that the word of God is there to teach us and instruct us and build us up and tear us down and instruct us. 
And what's really cool though, the scripture gives us hope and encouragement. That give, that verb is a present tense in the original language. It is an active, all the time, giving us hope and encouragement. Not on Tuesday or on Thursday, but all the time. That's what's really cool. It's not a general hope, but it's the hope that Christ provided for dying for us. For taking all of our sin, for giving us his spirit to transform us into him, to be more like him. And Paul starts this wonderful explanation right at the beginning of chapter 12. I think this is like the eighth sermon that I've preached this year on chapters 12 on. And it's, in, it's insane the, sim, the simple nature of Paul's letter to, the, to them and, by the way, to us. Because if we're not, if we're not becoming more like Jesus, then the things that I already talked about that create the division in us are going to create the division in us because we are going to be selfish. Our selfishness will come in and drive us apart. And what's interesting, and this is what I wrote in my notes, it will drive us apart. And then I, I just, I felt the, the need to write this. It said, towards people who are aligned with our selfishness. I have to go find people who are exactly like me to make me feel justified in the selfishness that I may not even know is present. And it made me think, I, back in, I'm gonna date myself, back in the early 90s, I was a, a, I was a part of a very small group of, we'll call them believers, that were maniacal about studying the scripture, like letter by letter. And their view, there's like five of us, five, four of them and I kind of came in. Their view from their perspective was that they were 100% accurate in everything they believed. And what's interesting is that view had made them meet in a living room with four people. Now I'm not saying that was right or wrong, I'm just, I learned something last year that said, if you meet someone who says they are absolutely right in every single interpretation, you need to run. I'm, not, I'm just giving you my perspective. So here we are. Power and unity comes from, we got three things so far. Strong, build up the weak and not be selfish. Build up our fellow believers. Use Christ as the model. And this is the fourth one is we're turning to scripture for encouragement. The answers are there. How many of you have taken an open book test? How many of you have ever failed an open book test? Okay. I don't know. I mean, it, it really is an open book test, isn't it? And you don't need some theological, theology degree to understand it. Because God gives you the ability to understand it. All right, okay, if you're, not, if you're not already excited, I'm gonna keep going. I could be here all day. If you're not already excited, this, this is where it gets exciting, okay? Verse five, may God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for the followers of Christ Jesus. So what's really cool, if you didn't pick it up, 
Paul slips in a short prayer here. For the people back then over 2,000 years ago and the people sitting in here in Purpose City Church this morning, same prayer for us, for them, and it means the same thing. He slips in this short prayer, and this is what he says, may God, it's right here, who gives this patience and encouragement? So God is the source of our patience and encouragement. So just, we're going to slow down here, and then I'm going to get you really excited. God is the source of our patience and encouragement, which help us live in complete harmony with each other. Come on now. If there was no other verse in the Bible but this one, let's just say that our Bible was one page, bold print. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony with each other. Sermon over. Sorry, Tal, the we service, it's over. The series is over. But here's where it gets really cool. As is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. So this word fitting, and I want to hear something when I say this, because when I go through my messages, I'm alone in my study. But I envision there's like 500 people yelling and screaming at me. So when I said this, I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. But it's not me, it's the word. But here's what it is. As is fitting for followers of Christ, think about a perfectly fitted hat over your head that was made for you. Perfect circumference, and I've got a big head. I have a big head, so it's a nice custom hat works. But this is what it means. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you live in complete harmony as perfectly fitted for followers of Christ Jesus. Come on now. So the way my brain works is if we're not living in complete harmony, it ain't fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. That's the way my brain works. Also, it implies that we seek it because God's going to give us what we need to do it because it is fitting for us if you are a believer of Jesus If you're not a believer of Jesus, we're going to get to that later. But if you are, living in harmony is fitting for you. And then it brings into the picture of the strong helping the weak to do this because the weak are going to struggle. The weak are going to look for division. They're going to look for it. The NIV version calls this a spirit of unity. Our ability to create what God has called us to will be given to us by him if we seek it. So just think about what we're trying to do. Now, I don't know where <clears throat> I don't know where all of you guys are right now on this strong weak continuum. I don't know. Maybe some of you are walking in here going, you know, it wasn't like this at the high school. It wasn't like this at the high school. Or maybe there are people in the room that are going, you know, this building looks different. Smells a whole lot better, but it looks different. (laughs) These chairs aren't where they're supposed to be. 
The welcome desk is different. I could just go on and on. We could, we could be doing that. That's the opposite of what Paul's talking about. So the fifth point is pray for unity. Ain't that simple? And this, are you excited? I mean, are we picking up speed here? Are you, yeah? All right. Verse six, then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm not going to let this then, we're not going to gloss over this word then. It's very important. Then means in order that. My commentary said this, there were certainly tensions in the Roman church. And the presupposition that the strong and the weak were having some difficulty in getting along with each other underlies the entire section of the letter. When the strong support the weak, not be selfish, and we build each other up, we use Christ as the model, we seek unity through prayer so that we join together in one voice. Then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. There's an order here. So the sixth point is show unity and glory with one voice. Oh, there we go. Who is that? All right. Arion, was that you? All right. I mean, it's simple. I, I don't know. Show unity and glory with one voice. When people come into this room, we have visitors in this building today. So here is what they should be experiencing, if you will allow me. So if you go all the way back to chapter 12, because if I'm reading this letter, if we're back then 2,000 years ago, you're probably listening to this letter being read, and you would have had this in your mind, like, oh man, he talked about this a minute ago. How we are supposed to treat other believers is unlike anything anyone ever sees. The love that we are to give each other is unlike anything. People are going to look at that and go, what is going on? So the people that come through this building, believers, non-believers, they should look at us going, that's weird. Now, I... (laughs) There's an over-confession time. Again, this is not in my notes, but I just lost it. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. So they're going to look at us a good way now. Now, I've spent some of the best years of my life in therapy. And I learned that it's okay to be weird. I, I struggled for a long time because I'm just weird but I'm okay with it now. So when other believers come in this room, it should be weird. Because it's powered by God. It's powered by just what he's designed for us. All right, let me land the plane. Verse seven. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given the glory. Now he's talking about everyone. Strong, weak, people in the middle, people three-fourths of the way, wherever. Therefore, accept each other. That's that one of those present 
verbs again that says it's an ongoing acceptance, a wholehearted acceptance, not on Tuesday, not when someone says what they want you to say or when, you, when they say what you want them to say or maybe they come over for small group and they bring the right food. I don't know. That's not what it says. It says, receive, it's, it's an always, always accept each other just as Christ has accepted you. And if you don't know this, Christ accepts you with no strings attached. Whatever you've done, whatever you haven't done, whatever you will do or will will not do, (coughs) that's how we are to accept each other. And then we're like, okay, what's the point of our doing it? Did the leadership of Ginger Creek Community Church and the leadership of All Nations Aurora get together so we would look cool? No. And it says it right here. Accept each other on an ongoing, continuous basis, just as Christ has accepted you with no strings attached, so that God will be given the glory. So more people will come to know Jesus. Now, outsiders looking in probably think we're, look, we're doing some social experiment. But point seven, if you're note takers, this should be the seventh. I think I gave you all seven. Accept each other for God's glory. Because the power of unity is only found through Jesus. That's it. It is a simple message, but it comes from a genuine presentation of ourselves to him, God, Jesus, so he can change us from the inside out, so we can do this, so we can support each other, to build each other up, to encourage each other, to create the the unity that he wants, so people will be drawn to him. Here's the challenge. For everyone in this room, I don't know how many we got up there today, but the challenge is we can't do it. We are selfish. That's our our nature. The level of our selfishness is directly related or directly proportionate to the level of how offended we get or how embarrassed we get, or how frustrated we get. And that selfishness, that offense, that embarrassment, that frustration blocks the very unity that is perfectly fitted for followers of Jesus. Our unity is not gonna happen without our acknowledging all the crud that we carry around, that has to be taken away so God can do what he has created us to do. Our hearts have to be changed so we can support and build each other up, encourage each other in our differences, pray and give God the glory. This message that God had for these folks over 2,000 years ago about unity is the very same message that he has for us today. It means the same thing. 
And what's interesting is we're still doing what they were doing back then. Come on now. I, I, I teach and train and coach people for a living, and there's nothing more frustrating than people that don't move forward. Gosh, man. So, so the depth of my soul with this, what we've been called to do, nothing has been more real in my entire life. But here's... Here's, I'm going to land it at some point. I'm not even sure how long I've been up here. I don't know. So for all of us, I'm talking to us in the room, everybody here, whether you're going to call Purpose City home or not. We are coming together, and this is what I wrote, and then I don't know if you guys can see it, but, but I write, on, can you see the red writing on there, some of you? So what I typed is, as a church body coming together to do something unique, special, and unusual. And then as I went through that one day this past week, I'm like, wait a minute. We're coming together to do something unique. Who thinks it's unique? Our culture. Our culture thinks it's unique. Just, just come on now. God created the, 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 the blueprint for unity with Jesus. So... The people that are thinking this is unique and special, they're the very ones that are probably on that list of the things that are creating the, the disunity. Come on now. And look, as a, as, a, as a professional trainer that says training doesn't work. So if, if you guys have not heard me talk about this topic I'm going to just share a quick story. You guys, most of you will forget everything that I've said by Wednesday. That's just how it works. So I'm not up here to try to get some amens. I'm up here to try to have something pierce your heart. And if the only thing that pierces your heart is that if you think this is unique, what's the reason you think it's unique? Because it ain't unique to God. God created the unity at the cross. So back to this person that asked me last Sunday, is it going to work? Now, I, I, I don't know the source of the question. I'm not sure what was in that person's heart. I have no idea. It wasn't the time or the place to talk about it, but I'll get, I'll get the opportunity. But one of two things are going to happen here for us. In this community, one of two things are going to happen. And I'm, I have a black and white brain. That's just my personality. It's either going to work or it's not. Either we're going to get in the way or we're not. Either we're going to seek and pray for unity to God to give us the unity so more people come to Jesus or not. Because it's not special and unique to him. So here's that list of things that I read earlier that could potentially get in the way of our doing what God wants us to do in no particular order. Doctrinal disagreements. You know, there's that saying, in essentials we have unity and all we have charity. Have you ever heard that? What I've found 
is uh, people will say, in essentials, we have unity, in all, we have charity, as long as the all, you're aligned with them. <laughs> so doctrinal leadership conflicts. Worship styles. Man, that song was so long. Oh, my God. <laughs> How many times is he going to say, praise God? Could be. Moral and ethical issues, financial disputes, personality clashes, woo. Past hurts and offenses. How many of us are going to bring that stuff into this? Lack of communication. Man, I, gosh, I wish they would have communicated this way. Okay, probably. Is everyone going to communicate perfectly? Absolutely not. Change management issues. There is a lot going on behind the scenes of Purpose City Church. Competition for leadership positions. I should be in that seat. And then the last one, lack of spiritual growth. That's what Paul's talking about. This whole little journey on Romans, he sets it up for 11 chapters. Now, we know it as chapters. They didn't. It was just a big, one big long letter back then. But he sets it up about this is who you are in Jesus. And if you're not saved, you might want to get saved. And then he just goes on and just goes on this wonderful journey to help us understand how we are to live with each other. And you can't unsee it. That's, that's the unfortunate problem is if you see it and you understand it, and even this morning, if you're like, yeah, that, I like that. Okay, that's cool. You now have a choice. Are you going to go to God and seek the unity that he wants or not? To create this spirit of unity. So, I'm going to speak to each and every one of you as I close. So I don't know how many people are in the room. 300 maybe. 400. <laughs> All right. Where are you today? So here are the seven points. Strong, build up the weak and not be selfish. Are you strong? Are you one of the, would you put yourself in the strong category? Or would you put yourself in the other category? Either one is okay. Number two, build up our fellow believers. Are you, if you're one of the strong, are you helping someone who's not? Number three, use Christ as the model. Are you using Christ as the model for what's happening around you, what you're doing? Four, turn to Scripture for encouragement. Are you using the Scripture to help you become strong? If you are not strong, are you using it to help you become strong? If you are strong, are you helping it is it helping you become stronger? Pray for unity. Are you praying that amazingness happens on this land? Because God set this thing in motion long before you and I were here. Most of us. Some of you were here when he set it in motion. Just, I'm, I know who's here today. Some of you were here. Are we showing our unity and glory with one voice? When people come in this room, are they seeing something that is unique and weird to them, but not to God? And then the last one is, are we accepting each other for God's glory? Because God is the focus. That's the reason why we're doing this. There's power in unity. If we want to be like, I'm going to overgeneralize, I apologize. If we're going to be like every other church, come on now, why? That's not what the scripture says. because there's power in unity.
Let's pray. Father, Sometimes we complicate things. Come on, we do. So as we come together and and, uh, worship more, just ask that whatever you want someone to learn this morning, that they learn it, that you help them take it away and not forget it by Wednesday. And Father, there's... There are people in this room that don't know you. And I'm, I feel we need to give them an opportunity to know you. So with everyone's eyes closed and heads bowed or however you pray, if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus, I'm not gonna ask you to do anything. I'm not gonna ask you to come down. I'm not gonna ask you to do anything other than just a couple things. Acknowledge that you have fallen short. Acknowledge that your sin has you in a path that you don't want to go down. Admit that to God right now. And then commit yourself to Jesus. Say, God, I want Jesus to be my Lord. I want him in my life so I can become more like him. And just ask him to penetrate your heart, to allow that relationship to be restored. And if you've prayed that simple prayer, let someone know. We're going to have people down front after the service come down and say, yep, that was me. Because there is power in unity, Father. Help us see it. Help us feel what you created for us. Allow us to see all the stuff that we have to get away from to have a simple yet transformational relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for being part of today's episode. To stay connected, please visit us at PurposeCityChurch.com. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your loved ones. Your support means the world to us. As you go about your day, remember to make a meaningful difference in the world. Thanks for listening.